0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Stuck in between an incredible weekend of domestic action And the return to the Champions League Celtic warmed up for Real Madrid with a stunning 4-0 Old Firm win to go 5 points clear Rangers need to recover from a disastrous afternoon quickly before heading to face Ajax And Motherwell say they expressed concerns about the kickoff times for the upcoming League Cup quarter finals I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me tonight is Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna Bonjour, welcome in Benvenuto European football is back Gordon Andy Halliday is hoping Istanbul Bashaksa here Are easier to play Than they are to pronounce Rangers will be in Amsterdam But who will be in goal And we're 24 hours From Ange Versus Ancelotti Super scoreboard Gordon Is a real deal I just can't believe You're here First and foremost no. Andy Halliday What a weekend you've had Good to see you Well it's usually good To see you But if I could have Pulled a sickie tonight <laughs> I definitely would have It was a one of the poorest performances the Jambos have put in probably since I've been at the club. I was certainly involved in that. And then the small matter of the Forum game that I'm sure we're going to speak about tonight. Go easy on him. 01419511025. Let's hear from you then. I don't think you're going to need any second invitation because Celtic fans, as if beating Rangers 4-0 is not enough, you get to play Real Madrid tomorrow night. So you'll be on cloud nine. I've absolutely no doubt about that. And Rangers fans, whatever the opposite of cloud nine is, where did it go wrong? Pick up the phone and let us know 01419511025 Or Twitter At Clyde SSB Sum up your feelings After a dramatic weekend Domestically And of course later on in the show If we can Maybe we'll look back on the weekend at the start And then as the show progresses uh, We'll look at what's coming up In the next few days Because that's going to be incredible Let's be honest One way or another It's going to be incredible But we are simply not over uh, What happened at the weekend Nowhere near it So 1041951 1025 or Twitter at Clyde SSB. I think I can sense what might be coming result of the weekend, Roger Hanna. I think there's only one place to start <laughs> and probably finish, Gordon. Celtic 4, Rangers 0. We did the predictions at 12 noon on Saturday um, and none of us really saw this coming at all. Andy? Uh, I'll go with St Johnston. Uh, a team that's probably struggled to score goals over the last sort of 18 months or so. Uh, Nicky Clark coming was. Supposed to take a bit of pressure off of Stevie May and other strikers at a football club and a 3 0 comfortable victory against a flying St. Mirren, so it deserves my result of the weekend. Okay, goal of the weekend again, some good options, Andy. I mean, I've got to go down the Celtic route at one point tonight, and for me, Jota's uh, goal was, was different class. You know, a, a lot can be can be said about Rangers' reaction and defending to it, but quick free kick, incisive pass, and the touch and finish is, is, is world class. The Duke in Dingwall. Well, that was good, wasn't it? A spectacular goal for Luis Lopez A couple of minutes for the end He probably thought he's Jota's pal He thought he'd probably upstaged Jota He played with it Benfica B With that spectacular goal Two minutes for the end It looked as if he was going to get all three points And then Ross County equalised in the 96th minute This will be good fun Howler of the weekend Anyone who wants to lead us hey, off? Yeah, I better lead you off with John McLaughlin um, We debated with Mark Wilson and Gordon Dale on Saturday Jim Duffy was at the game as well how many of the goals John McLaughlin could take a bit of responsibility for? The fourth one, I'm afraid, scored by David Turnbull, was all down to the Rangers goalkeeper. Mm, and the, I mean, like that's a fairly obvious one. I'll make you think outside the box. Anything else? Uh, I'm going to go for myself, to be honest. Uh, on you. No, listen. Are I've, you bad? Or you mean having to come in here? 
Well, I was I was all right, but all right's not good enough. All right doesn't win your football matches. So listen, I, I've I've gave the hell out of you when when uh, Motherwell have dropped mm-hmm. points. I've gave it to Callum for basically four weeks in a row. So I think it's time for for me to take a bit of stick. Yeah, listen, it's a, a brave man to come in here after that, Roger Hanna. Everyone knows where his uh, boyhood allegiances lie, and his his own team where he currently is employed couldn't even cheer him up. So we're we take our hats off that he's even turned up this evening. Absolutely terrific. A great performance. Did, did Marvin Bartley jar you after the game? Uh, I just shook his hand and congratulated him, to be fair. Livingston were really good. Avoid him. He's, yeah. a, he's a big mouth. He's a he's not a gracious winner. I don't no, think I'd be staying I, out I'm his sure way. we'll get into that yeah, a bit more in depth. Uh, and top performance of the weekend to finish off, Roger? It probably needs to be a Celtic player. And if you're going to score two goals in the biggest game in the Scottish football calendar, then step forward, Leela Bader. Uh, I'm going to go for Ericsson And no I'm not talking about Christian Ericsson In the Man United game Who also got a man of the match performance But I'm going Carl Johan Ericsson uh, I think Dundee United have came under a lot of scrutiny No more so than their goalkeepers And the fact that he's managed to To save a penalty And, and nullify a lot of Motherwell's attacks I think he deserves a, a lot of credit this weekend Thanks for that Thanks for reminding me 01419511025 Come on This is it Come on down What did you make of the weekend? Rangers fans Are you... Have you calmed down yet? How, how how does it feel now that the dust has settled to look back on it? Where did it go wrong? Were the opinions on Saturday knee-jerk or do you stand by them? Is there a real worry about you know where this goes? And Celtic fans, you'll just be the exact opposite. You'll be flying. That's the nature of this rivalry. Um, how do you feel? 01419511025 or Twitter at Clyde SSB. Very brief summation of how you felt about the game at the weekend, Andy, and then we'll get to the phones. I think it optimised what Celtic have been domestically this season but probably in a more damning verdict I, I think it also optimised how Rangers have been uh, domestically I think Celtic you know anyone that's watched them they come flying out the gates they play at a high tempo anytime the ball goes out the pitch it's already the ball boys got it into a player's hands for quick free kicks quick goal kicks whatever it may be and I think Rangers have been slow and ponderous this season I thought that reflected in the game Roger? Yeah listen I can't argue with any of that and football moves on very quickly Celtic now have a blockbuster of a game in the Champions League against the reigning European champions Real Madrid tomorrow night. They will be bouncing, the supporters will be bouncing, and everything is looking great at the minute for Ange Postecoglou. The flip side of that for Rangers, off the back of a beating at Celtic Park, is this list of fixtures. Ajax away, Aberdeen away, Naples at Napoli at home, and then Dundee United at home as well, but trips to Tynecastle and Anfield. Four of the next six daunting away games. Rangers very quickly need to shape up. Come on then. I've got a funny feeling the phones are going to be lively. So let's get stuck in on 01419511025 with Frank, who's a Rangers fan. How does it feel to be a Rangers fan after that weekend, Frank? Embarrassing, really. I mean, that performance was humiliating. There wasn't a man in that Rangers team that you could say any kind of performance at all. They bottled it. They were weak. As if they didn't know how Celtic would play. I think we've got a shower in that team who are prima donnas, who think that they're entitled to win a game. Celtic thoroughly deserved their victory. And if we go to Aberdeen and get beat, I predict this league is over. Because that's that's how serious this is. Uh, the manager must come under criticism. I've gave him praise in the past for his European performances. But if he can't motivate their Rangers players to know what's at stake in an old firm game, 
then there's something seriously wrong. That's twice it's happened under him. The game was over at half-time. It could have been five or six if Celtic had wanted it to be. Celtic sat back, knowing that they had Real Madrid to come. Half-time, all the changes were made. It was an embarrassment to our club. Embarrassing week and a prediction that the league could be over soon, Roger. That that may just have summed it all up within 10 minutes. Frank certainly feels passionately. Listen, off the back of Saturday, Frank, the Rangers management and the Rangers players will simply need to take all the criticism that comes their way from Rangers supporters like yourself. Don't think anyone can argue with any of the points you've just made, Frank. And and I'll throw it back at you. You speak about mental fortitude. Saturday, an away defeat at Celtic Park. But Rangers away form domestically hasn't been very good for a long time. The league was lost last season because... Of drop points at Aberdeen Drop points at Dundee United Drop points at Dingwall And specifically The 3-0 game at Celtic Park Where they just couldn't handle Celtic And Astonishingly Something very similar In fact something even worse Happened on Saturday Rangers haven't learned lessons From last season They've already dropped points At Hibs They might well have dropped points At Livingston in the first day of the season They dropped points at Celtic Park And As I said at the top of the show they need to shape up very quickly because Rangers never get it easy at either Petodre or Tynecastle. Uh, and if we can confine ourselves to the weekend for now, um, before looking ahead too far, what do you make of Frank's assessment? Well, uh, for me personally, I, I agree with Frank. I think I think if you've watched Celtic domestically for for a number of months now, I think it's very apparent they try and blow teams out of the water, come out the game, uh, come out the gates fast, and, and start the game at a tempo that's very hard for the opposition to deal with, and. I actually thought that Rangers started okay the first five minutes and then I thought when Kyogo went down and listen, I hope Kyogo gets back fit I hope we can see him in the Champions League for Celtic uh, when the game against Real Madrid comes along but I thought that was maybe going to help Rangers in terms of slowing the tempo down sort of regain composure see the game out for this first sort of 20-30 minutes then hopefully the Celtic crowd then start to get on the team's back and Rangers can start to play their football but again, Celtic just quickly you know, came flying out the gates again and and blew Rangers away and, and like Frank says if you see Celtic they're, they're constantly doing these mm. quick throw-ins these quick free kicks I mean it's it's really poor to lose that first goal from the throw-in when you're contesting a referee's decision that's not going to get changed five seconds mm. later the ball's in the back of your see, net To be fair I feel like this keeps getting mentioned over the weekend just because you know what Celtic are going to do doesn't mean it's easy to stop obviously yeah. you know, that, that's that's why they've been successful however how, do, how does this translate then in, in a player's head what, how does that happen when everyone knows that in fact the manager says we knew that's what would happen you played it before what what then takes place what then transpires for you to look like you had no idea that that's what was going to happen because that's kind of what it was a lack of concentration and for me a lack of concentration is forgivable once I think especially when it comes from a referee's decision that you can maybe contest and like I said Nick thing you know the ball's in the, uh, uh, back in the in the field of play and like I said leads to a goal but to do it a second time and you can actually see Giovanni Van Bronckhorst's reaction to the free kick he's already telling Ryan Kent and I think was it John Lundstrom that was running about the free kick to get back into position he's already pointing to Matt O'Reilly again five seconds later the ball's in the back R- of the net Ryan Kent turned his back to it yep almost gave with... Celtic the ball back didn't he yeah um, so I, I mean Rangers Technically have some very good footballers Ryan Kent Is a very good technical player Malik Tillman as we've seen before Guys like that Stephen Davis And I can cut him a bit of slag Because he, he he's shown in the past what he can do But technique alone Isn't enough You need to be switched on You need to be concentrated You need to have a game plan And you need to be willing 
to match the physical efforts of the other team and none of those things were evident mm. in that Rangers side at the weekend Frank what did you make of the goalkeeper? Uh, he needs to be replaced simple as that because he didn't inspire confidence I don't know why they dropped Alan McGregor because he was the number one and he's a safe pair of hands he's got the right attitude this goalkeeper just doesn't doesn't do it for me and uh, Alfredo Morelos He's been given far too many second chances. He should have been shown the door because any professional that turns up for training, a stone at least overweight with the wrong attitude, two months into the season, should be sent packing. No no questions asked. Gianni Van Bronckhurst has been far too soft with him. And these players see that. They went over to PSV and got a result without him. They went last season in a European run to the final without him. What makes him think, or the manager think, that he's going to be a long-term man at Ibrox? Because he's made it pretty clear, I don't want to be here. His attitude and his weight problems, I mean, I looked at him. Weeks ago and I went, you know something, that boy's about two stone overweight and he's not interested. Now, apparently, apparently, uh, the fullback Tavernier had it out with him after the Hibs game in the dressing room and it's been well publicised on the internet. Good on you, good on you Tavernier, because the right attitude hasn't been shown to certain players there. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Frank is not a happy man. How do you feel, Rangers fans? Are you agreeing with some of what Frank's saying? Are you feeling? Can you find room for any slight more positivity, or, or is it as bad as that? Let us know. 01419511025. Here is the manager's take. We're very, very disappointed um, with the result, the way we uh, conceded the goals. I think it was um, well a repeat of the last game we played in February. With um, quickly taken uh, a throw-in and a free kick, uh, we knew that you know that's one of the strengths. And both times we weren't ready and conceded the goals, which you uh, know when you concede early goals like that, then um, yeah, you make them stronger and you make it more difficult for yourself. So disappointed with that, of course, disappointed with the result. We prepared uh, for these moments that they were uh, able to uh, to be dangerous and we weren't ready so that's that's very disappointing because um, you know you want to give play a good game of course you can always have goals against you but not in this manner I think that's not the way uh, we need to concede goals What do you make of what the manager said there Rangers fans let us know Mark is a Celtic fan in Mary Hill though Mark of course that First parts about where it went wrong for Rangers But your team did quite a few things right And that's an understatement What pleased you the most? Everything The, the, the overall performance um, The way we've been playing under Ange We've been saying it since last season And it just keeps getting better and better um, I've never known a time as a Celtic supporter That within a couple of minutes of a, a derby game Our main talisman gets taken off And I didn't matter an eyelid Because who we had to bring on I was just sitting looking at that going, OK, right, let's go. Let's take it from here. Um, we've got players, quality players to bring on in every position. And the three substitutions we made in the second half just clarified that. It was brilliant to see who we took off and what quality we brought onto the park. Um, fantastic to see. And it's in the league, it's upwards and onwards. And normally um, in Europe, it's a free hit, when, especially when it's um, teams like Madrid. But what a free hit to have the way we are playing. Is that a fair comment, Roger, about 
you know, the bigger picture at Celtic in terms of where they are, strength wise, depth wise. Yeah, absolutely. We said it in the show on Saturday as well. And listen, I said the Rangers management and players better strap themselves in for the critic the type of criticism that Rangers supporters like Frank offered them a moment ago. Celtics management and players deserve every bit of praise that's coming their way from Celtic fans like Mark because they were outstanding at the weekend. Um, I think from over the course of seven days, they scored 17 goals in three games, conceding just one. They're five points clear at the top of the table, defending the Premiership title. They're in the quarterfinals of the League Cup, defending that trophy as well. And they have got as glamorous a Champions League opener as it is possible to have. And, you know, you described it there as a free hit. I actually don't think Ange Postacoglu thinks it's a free hit. He believes in these players and he believes that something special might happen tomorrow night. I don't know whether it's a, a Scottish thing, Andy, or whether this happens, but you know, when, when a team does badly and when there's the mistakes and disaster and crisis, it, it sometimes dominates. And there's a temptation then to, to maybe overlook how good Celtic were. How, how would you... How would you quantify how impressive they were? Fantastic, yeah. You can't take away, uh, anything uh, away from Celtic. done exactly what they have done for a number of months now. And I, I listen, I agree with Mark. I think an ideal situation for a manager at big football clubs is you've got a sort of 22-23 man squad and you try and make it as light for light as, as possible. And it really is difficult to, to pick between Kyogo and Jackie Mack as that's a light for light there. If Abada doesn't play, then Daisa Maeda comes in. Tumbo comes in, makes an impact. I mean, you're looking at Haksabanovich is on the bench who they've obviously signed to make a big impact in the playing squad. He didn't come on. You've got James Forrest there who's two trophies away from being Celtic's most decorated ever player. Whereas on the flip side, I think Rangers have missing pieces in the starting eleven. So I think it's, you know, it's testament to, to how Celtic have recruited since Andrew Postacogos came through the door. I mean, how good was the performance, Mark? You'll have seen lots of days as a Celtic fan that, that pleased you against your rivals. Where does that one stack up? From the beginning, from the off, right through to the final whistle, absolutely fantastic. Starfelt is the only man I don't give a 10 out of 10. Um, I give him maybe an 8. He gives you a few heart attacks sometimes, but uh, he made up for that on other occasions. But yeah, like I say, Starfelt was the only man, in my opinion, that didn't get 10 out of 10. And for, for the pressure of the game, um, the first one of the, the season, what a performance for every single player. Um, and they just don't look like whatever Angie's creating on the training ground. Um, that, that spirit, um, that vibe, they're bringing that onto the park. And if we can do the same again tomorrow, I'm hopeful. Yeah, I suppose Roger, it, it was the it was the epitome of everything Ange Postecoglou has tried to do since day one. Everyone remembers it. The great thing about social media is this stuff gets gets played out quite a lot. The clip that emerged when he first took over and Celtic's TV filmed him training and he was talking about how we never stop. And then what happens is, if when there were times when Celtic weren't doing so well, rival fans can hold that up and say, ha ha, look at this, oh, I thought you never stopped. But it's starting to become quite clear that that really does underpin everything Celtic do. Yeah, and I think we looked, 16 players were using Saturday, 13 of them have been signed by Ange Postecoglou. So he selects players who fit into what he wants to do, Gordon. And if he wants his players to have the high press, and have that high intensity, he sends players who, who are adept mm. at doing that. Um, so he's done extremely well, still in quite a short space of time. And you, you wouldn't actually have believed he could have taken Celtic to an extent that 
24 hours ahead of them playing the reigning Champions League holders. Yeah. Real Madrid. Benzema's in town. Modric is in town. Vinicius Junior's in town. Celtic fans will go to Celtic Park believing mm. they can get something. Uh, we'll get to that game a bit later on, I'm sure. One to stick in the diary because Clyde One Super Scoreboard going to be right across the Champions League for both teams this season. We're going to go live with extended shows for all the 8 o'clock kickoffs that Celtic or Rangers play in. So that starts tomorrow. Mark Wilson and Gordon DL, they're just coming to terms with this news, uh, but we'll be here from 6 right through until 11 pm. Celtic against Real Madrid at Celtic Park we'll obviously take your calls on the open line after full time but don't wait till then get your calls in right now and we'll speak to you next You are the voice of Scottish football call 0141 951 1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Andy Halliday is here he was thinking about phoning in sick tonight but he's turned up so fair play to him Roger Hanna is alongside him and they're both waiting for you on 01419511025 Derek is a Rangers fan in Bathgate I mean the previous Rangers fan that was on Derek was furious raging embarrassed all that sort of stuff are you as far gone as that or how would you sum up your feelings pretty much the same yeah um, every Rangers fan probably today at work was getting an absolute ribbon so um, yeah I feel sorry for them <laughs> Same as me. But there's there's two points I'll, um, I'll come to the second one in a minute, but the way Rangers are playing from last year to this year, just with changing the goalkeeper, we play completely different at the back from McLaughlin. Um, I was saying to Callum there that McLaughlin, if you watch him, go back and watch the PSV Eindhoven game, six or seven times in a row the ball's at his feet and he knocks it straight out the park playing a diagonal ball. What what were we doing on Sunday with Goldson taking a back kick and playing it back to McLaughlin on the goal line? That's where we lost the fourth goal from. But honestly, I close my eyes every time the ball comes to his feet. McGregor, if McGregor's playing that diagonal ball, nine times out of ten, it'll go to Tav hugging the touchline. I've just got absolutely no confidence in McLaughlin when he's got the ball at his feet. The thing about the performance at the weekend, Andy, is there's two bits. To, there's the shot stopping bit and the, the playing out. But let, let's do that first, obviously, since Derek raises it. I mean, the, f- the fourth goal it, it just doesn't doesn't get much worse than that, does it? No, I don't. Listen, I think it's you know, a certain style of play that Rangers try and exploit. Uh, but I just I don't see the pass that John McLaughlin's seen uh, 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 for the fourth goal at the weekend. And again, I, yeah, I've got to agree with Derek. I don't know. What, I don't see the point in Conor Golson being the one that starts a goal kick because you're passing it to your goalkeeper. You're the centre half. You're supposed to be better on the ball than your goalkeeper. So your goalkeeper gives it to you for you to then play out and pick a pass. So for that that for me was strange. But then, I mean, the decision to try and thread the ball into midfield to Stephen Davis was was obviously a really poor one. And like I says, a, a pass that was clearly wasn't on to anyone that's seen mm. it to the the, uh, the cameras of the TV screen. But Can you give us an insight. Is there something? What is that? Is that like ultimate indecision? Because I know you're talking about the decision to pass it to Stephen Davis, but even the execution, it, it genuinely looks like he's rolled it to, to David Turnbull. Yeah, slow. What, what, is that when you but change I your mind last I, minute? or? But even if he fired it, it's then not on because you're you're firing a, an absolute hospital pass into a midfielder in a tight area in midfield. So I just think the decision to play that mm. pass in, and what's in Stephen general Davis is a point one. Does he want it in there? What he... It, I'm, I'm hoping someone can well, explain to a layman like me. If I'm Stephen Davis, I'm pointing at I'm pointing at David Turnbull saying don't pass it because he's standing right there. But listen, it's I think to go on Derek's obviously our, our original point about the goalkeeper. I, I think especially after the Scottish Cup final against you know uh, our Hearts last year, 
when you see the send off that Alan McGregor, you know, had, I think there was there was two clear solutions for me or two clear options that Rangers had. They offered them another year's contract to be number one. Are they going to sign a goalkeeper in the summer? I don't think anyone ever thought that John McLaughlin was going to go into the next season as a number one. And it's not to say he's a poor goalkeeper. Listen, he had a poor game. He's a decent goalkeeper, but Rangers need better than a decent goalkeeper. Uh, Derek, how many of the goals should he have done better with? I think we can ignore the fourth. There's not a single football fan on this planet would um, debate over that one. The other three... I don't know. It's one of the only ones that, it's, in hindsight, he probably could have done better. Jota's goal was was absolutely brilliant. I mean, I text my Celtic pal that was up and said, "Look, that's, that's a brilliant, brilliant goal." Um, but he comes out, he makes himself big, he stays on his line, maybe. But honestly, sorry, I'm not worried about you here. Derek, where are you? Silverstone. I'm just at. <laughs> I'm just at a walk. <laughs> Uh, uh, just behind the pyramids actually in basket so I can hear back. the M8 uh, roaring um, <laughs> Roger what about the the shot stopping element of, of John McLaughlin at the weekend um, not good enough now I said in the show on Saturday John McLaughlin's a good goalkeeper but Celtic and Rangers don't deal in good goalkeepers they deal in great goalkeepers Rangers had a great goalkeeper in Alan McGregor um, Celtic have a great goalkeeper in Joe Hart and, you know, John McLaughlin's a good goalie. He's, he's not at that level. Replacing Alan McGregor with John McLaughlin is a downgrade at a time when Rangers are just out of a European final. They've just won the Scottish Cup final. I think Rangers needed an upgrade, not just in that area, but in other areas. I was going to ask Andy because we, we looked at this on Saturday. Rangers at Ibrox can play like that because teams sit off them and allow the ball to go from McLaughlin to Goldson, back to McLaughlin to Sands, back to Goldson, and, and the building suddenly they're 40 yards up the park. That was never going to work. You could tell inside five minutes, Celtic's press was so high and so fierce, and Rangers couldn't cope with it. When do players get their heads together to say, listen boys, I know this was going to be the tactic, but, but this actually isn't working, we're going to have to have a plan B, because they kept doing the same things, they kept playing into Celtic's hands, and then... The roof caved in when John McLaughlin gave the ball to David Turnbull. Well, listen, it's not trying to f- throw John McLaughlin under the bus about this, but that usually does come from your goalkeeper. If he's going to start the goal kick and play out for the back, if he feels as if the pressure's too much, that it might come back to him in a you know, a, a difficult circumstance, then he'll usually do the old arm movement to get his team up, squeeze them up, or what they'll end up doing is, like what I said, why it's bizarre that they, they didn't play to Conor Goulson. Is a second alternative is, is when the goalkeeper gives it to Conor Goulson, if the press is that high, and Celtic almost went man for man, which was, was extremely brave. Then quite often what you've got is a 1v1 with a centre-half at the back or a 3v3 if they've stepped in man for man in midfield, which Rangers done. And then when it gets to corner goals and you almost suck the pressure in to then play over the top and make it difficult for them. But Rangers just try to play in you know, completely different, uh, difficult circumstances. And it, like you said, it played into Celtic hand. They wanted Rangers to play out, play it in areas that Celtic could control, which is what happened for the fourth goal when they nick it and score. Derek, is it the type of game that I mean, how how worried are you about the bigger picture and going forward, or is it just a bad day at the office and you've got faith that it can be recovered from? Probably a bit of both. I think there, there are a couple of changes that need to be made to to be able to do that and play out from the back. One massive change that's different from last year, and Andy Halliday will be great in this point. The diagonal balls from Goldson over the top that Rebo was running on to. I mean, that goal that he scored against Hearts last season was absolutely brilliant. We've not done that at all this year because we've got no one willing 
to go beyond the defenders and actually make that run and go, it wouldn't have made any difference at the weekend because Celtic weren't allowing Rangers to play out from the back but if we get that option where Goldson can make that diagonal pass it was there last year I don't see that this year so that's, that was the other main point that I had there Derry, I, I think it's an excellent point it, it's actually a part of a very long conversation I had with my, fr- uh, my friends after the game and Rangers had a, a lot of praise last year about you know, being extremely fit playing the amount of games that they did and, and like you, see, you quite rightly pointed out sort of sucking teams in where that then allowed that run for Joe Aribo to stretch it if, if Joe Aribo didn't get the long diagonal for, for Conor Golson they were up on the second ball it created that space for Alfredo Morelos to drop in as a, that sort of deep line falling it turned that's what Celtic do now people talk about how good Celtic are in terms of their intensity and their tempo and how well they play in terms of the football but I'm out of that unselfish running they do we talk about the nine goals at Dundee United it's nine tap-ins because quite often there's unselfish runs in behind that create that space and if the pass is on they play that pass that then allows that how many times will Kyogo do it stand in the middle of the six yard box for a, a cut back tap-in that's what Celtic do now and that's how they get the second goal with Jota it's an unselfish run to create space for, for Jack and Marcus uh, when he, he peels off the centre half but if nobody tracks him you play that pass and it creates a goal keep an eye on the phones Gordon Kyogo's about to phone in I'm not sure he's happy that second goal at Tanadice is described as a tap-in <laughs> yeah, not the second one. Uh, thank you, Derek. Uh, in, enjoy the walk. Call one four one nine five one one zero two five. Quite a bit of concern amongst the Rangers fans so far. How would you sum up your feelings, Graham? I a bit disappointed, but I thought our boy Frank went over the top, mate. I don't think he's ended the world. We've done this last year. They went on and knocked Celtic out of the cup, won the cup, and got to a European final. It's just been a bad day, and it, I don't think it's any David Van Bronckhorst. He's given them instructions. They've switched half it tight and they've lost goals. It's not the end of the world. You just need to get on with it. Um, at what point would you would you blame the manager for, for anything though, Graham? I mean, it might be unfair, but that you know that's kind of football, isn't it? Whatever the team does tends to be a reflection of the manager. Is, is he completely blameless? I think so. Well, we've seen it before the game started. Not one person said, oh, that's the wrong team. Or they won't be able to... Everybody said, that's a good team. They'll make a good game. But it's... The, the ball goes up for the throw-in and Kent moans for it. It, was, it came off him. Just go on with it. The free kick, three of them stand around him. Let the boy run off. The boy's through. Goal. And the, for a keeper. Well, the boy had a bad that nightmare, but you can't start destroying people after one game. You've got to give them a wee chance. You know, and listen, Graham, in one sense you're right. There is little to be achieved by Rangers fans looking backwards and lamenting everything that happened at Celtic Park on Saturday. But if I can throw it to you, how confident are you that Rangers will bounce back away to Ajax, away to Aberdeen, home to Napoli in the next week after that performance on Saturday? I'm pretty confident, I Maybe Ajax away, maybe. But the other two, I think, we're fine with that. That's for Andy's mum, we'll beat him. <laughs> That's a certainty after the weekend. Especially if Andy plays. Uh, Andy, there we are. It's always good to hear different takes Graham's I'm not saying Graham's feeling good about the weekend obviously but he's nowhere near as down as the other Rangers fans and thinks the manager's pretty much blameless I wouldn't go as far as as blameless I don't think he was the main culprit uh, for, for the weekend's performance but I think if you look at the last 13 away games in this calendar year for Rangers they've only won 6 they drew 5 2 defeats 22 goals for and 19 against that's probably the biggest thing for me because that's a that's a plus 3 goal difference in 13 games so I mean you, you you can't say that Giovanni Van Bronckhorst is blameless when that's the sort of record that he's had over the last 13 games. But 
I do look at it and I look at Rangers team and, and I think where they could be helped I think Rangers are still lacking in the same problematic positions that they've been saying for the last two years uh, and even going into the summer was that goalkeeper the right wing position that I've lost count how many transfer windows Rangers have been trying to replace that that right wing position a creative goal scoring midfielder I still don't think they've got a second centre half that plays next. Connor Goldson's had four centre half partnerships four and in the start of September you can't blame the manager for that Graham, is that fair? You know, are Rangers in a position where the squad's just not good enough? Or again, is that knee-jerk to the weekend? That's just knee-jerk, mate. They've brought in two centre-halves that are injured. They've brought in Tom Lawrence, who's been excellent. They say uh, Tillman, been excellent, gets injured. Hadji's injured. What can you do? You've just got to go with what you've got. And obviously Celtic played well, but I don't think it's the end of the world. I think it's me. Get your heads up and get on with it. Listen, I, I, I agree. It's certainly not the end of the world. We only need to look 12 months ago when Celtic's Ange Postecoglou side was seven points behind the title race and obviously closed it back. So there's a lot of football to be played for. But we talked about Dundee United after that AZ Altmar game. We talked about that mental scarring. Rangers can't afford that because they've got some massive games coming up. And I get it. Roger Graham saying, all oh, this happened last year and we went on to knock Celtic out the cup and, and get to a European final. I mean, getting to a European final again is going to be fairly tough, and I think that's an understatement. You can't really bank on that. You know that that reaction will automatically follow, can you? No, absolutely not. And the one thing we say, we said at the weekend as well, Rangers look weaker than they did when they won the Scottish Cup and when they got to the Europa League final. You know, Joe Aribo's gone, Calvin Ramsey's gone. To all intents and purposes, Bassey. Alan McGregor's I mean, gone. Calvin Ramsey is gone as well. Bassey, it's just sorry. not from Rangers. And he. Alan McGregor to all intents and purposes is gone because he's not played you know, any European or Premiership games this season um, players have been signed but John Souter injured don't know when he's coming back Ben Davis injured don't know when he's coming back Tom Lawrence injured don't know when he's coming back he shouldn't be too far though to be fair is he not talking international break you're still looking for Tom Lawrence no sign of Kemar Roof coming back no sign of Philip Hollander coming back no sign of Yanis Hadji coming back Alfredo Morelos his position has been well rehearsed on this show. Um, there are a lot of issues at Rangers that need to be tackled. Graham, thank you. 01419511025. Get your calls in and we could be speaking to you next. 01419511025. This is Scottish Football's lead leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna are here and speaking of Roger Hanna it was his turn to pick the Clyde One Super Scoreboard Team of the Week so if you head to our Twitter feed at Clyde SSB you can see his team argue about it in the comments it's all thanks to Clyde Built Home Improvements for giving you the chance to win a current or retro football kit of your choice if you head to ClydeOne.com to enter let me have a look you can see a few Celtic players in there understandably and no Andy Halliday some, some pal He's on the bench Is it oh, RS fine uh, Again oh, <laughs> It's coming a bit of a theme 01419511025 Topher is a Celtic fan On the line What's your thinking tonight Topher? Uh, I suppose I just wanted to bring up a point About uh, the, the talk in the media beforehand And even amongst some of my friends Like Anybody that thought Celtic Weren't going to deliver a performance Of that ilk at the weekend It was miles ahead of Rangers I mean even before the game McCoy said that he thought Celtic were narrow favourites For me Celtic are already streets ahead of Rangers I think the only the only, I guess going light for Rangers Is, is Ryan Kent He's the only player in that Rangers side That I would take as a Celtic uh, supporter Put him in before Jota would you? Um, 
No, not before Jota. Nobody comes before Jota. <laughs> I thought you might say that. Um, yeah, I don't know, Roger. Topher's talking about Celtic being favourites. I think most of you agreed. I mean, they were at the bookies, and, and Hugh and Kenny said on Friday night they were favourites. But there's favourites, and then there's 4 0 going on more. Yeah. I'm not sure what the odds of the bookies would have been for a 4-0 Celtic win Quite sizeable one I thought And listen, I know the point Topher's making But is it any surprise that former Rangers players You know, speaking terms that They think Rangers are going to get something from the game That's just the way, you know, football operates um, There was no doubt the better team won There was the length of Socky Hall Street Between the two teams at the weekend um, Celtic now have this glamorous game tomorrow night And domestically at home to Livingston on Saturday and I can say this when Marvin Bartley's not in the show You'd fancy Celtic for three points there um, Rangers Away in Amsterdam Away at Aberdeen They need to be careful That things don't get away from them Did you think that was Possible Likely That, that outcome at the weekend I wouldn't say that the, the scoreline or the manner of the, uh, the result I thought was was very likely. Listen, I, I fancy Celtic to win the game, don't get me wrong, uh, but I did expect Rangers to approach it with a more European-style performance, maybe sitting for the first sort of 20, 30 minutes, frustrate Celtic. Like I said, they're a team that always try to fly out the gate, so try and nullify that early on. And then, then Rangers gradually build ourselves into the game. Because I thought that was quite similar to Giovanni Van Bronckhorst's team's performance at Parkhead towards the, the end of last season when they won, uh, they won each draw. But it was a completely different approach. They tried to go man for man with Celtic, even when Celtic were building out for the back. James Sands would often step in and, and, and Matt O'Reilly and leave their big gaps at the back and, and Celtic exploited them. I mean, Topher, it's your team that had a bad start last season and went on to win the league. Does that give you any sort of warning to not get carried away at being five points clear? Or do you think this is just the start of Celtic going on to, from strength to strength? I think when you look at the record that we've got, um, I can't remember the last time we were beaten at home, but you look at the record that we've got and how confident the team are and how well they're playing under Ange. And even, like you're saying there, what the odds were before for a 4 0 win, it was 33 to 1, um, which I actually put a fiver on. So I can tell you the odds. But that's how confident I was. And most of my pals that are Rangers fans, they weren't confident. Um, and, and I'm no confident the rest of the season. I'm not saying the league's done, but. I think uh, Rangers have got a hard calendar ahead of them And uh, I don't see them catching us I mean Roger Both can be You know legitimate Things to look back on Ange Postacoglu is probably the message he'll be giving oh, Hold on a minute You know we, we came back from last season That it's possible nothing's won yet Of course it's not it's September But Tofor's talking about you know f- From then Celtic have been unbeaten for a long time in the league Yeah and you need two things to happen For this gap to close I think it's five points just now, 17 goals better off already, Celtic. Um, two things need to happen. Celtic need to drop points somewhere and Rangers need to go in the type of run Celtic went on from this stage last season. And on the evidence of what we witnessed at Celtic Park on Saturday, you can't see either of those things happening at the minute. Would that be a fair concern from a Rangers perspective, Andy? Leagues can be recovered generally, but I think is it is it now not a season's worth of games, if you like, that, that Celtic have been unbeaten in the Premiership. Yeah, I think there's no doubt that Rangers can go on a run that, that Roger just mentioned there. It, I think it's more you look at it, and Celtic are going to be a very very hard team to beat domestically. I think, especially at home, their the, the record's been formidable, and I think you know you look at again last year when we were talking about when Celtic had that 
seven point deficit to Rangers they really went and strengthened in January and then from January to the end of the season that's when you've seen the new players sort of settle in I look at Celtic now as a sort of settled squad whereas I think Rangers still have their missing pieces Did you think did you think Rangers would be active last Thursday? Yeah did you think I did players in? Yeah I did I think especially after you only need to go back and look at Giovanni Van Bronckhorst's interview mm. after PSV he almost said as much and I think you know for, for the most part I'd imagine that everyone expected at least one or two in the door uh, Billy agrees with you on Twitter he says Rangers have not added to the squad it was weakened by departures and injuries remember Suter was signed in January Davis does not have the f- the psyche to instil confidence either um, uh, thank you to Topher let's try and squeeze one more in with Alan in Coat Bridge Alan as a Rangers fan maybe the dust has settled a little bit how do you feel looking back on it? Uh, disappointed Gordon I must admit um I think uh, Gio picked the wrong team to a certain extent in terms of the formation. I know one of your previous callers was talking about the, the loss of a rebound and the ball over the top. I think there's a player sitting on the bench, uh, a bench warmer, uh, which shouldn't happen. Scotty Arfield is the man that can do that job, in my opinion. Um, in terms of you know replacing players like uh, Calvin Bassey, Joe Aribo, uh, Balligan, it's not happened. So I think uh, there's an element of investment needed in the team, in my opinion. But so, you, but you do think there are areas where the players are there; they're just not being picked, rather than the full thing needing upgraded. Yes, I do. I know Gio sees them every day in training, Gordon. However, um, I think uh, you measure up your opponent prior to the game, and I, I, I just think you picked the wrong team. Um, anytime Scotty Arfield is playing, he makes an impact. Um, whether it be scoring goals, getting beyond defenders, or you know penetrating defences, you've seen it yourself on the telly uh, so many times. So, um, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, listen, it's very difficult to argue. You hear Gordon Dale saying it, Alan, in this show all the time. What Scott Arfield brings to the team, Ryan Jack's another. And if you look, horses for courses, maybe. And Arfield and a Jack are better suited for a game at Celtic Park than, for argument's sake, maybe a Kamara or a Tillman. It's very easy for me to sit here and be wise after the event, though. Um, the transfer window shut last Thursday. I think if the transfer window was closing this Thursday, off the back of what we saw on Saturday, I think the Rangers would be active because the squad looks considerably thinner and weaker than the Celtic squad. What do you think, Andy? Are the answers there on the bench or does... Or do Rangers need upgrades across the board anyway? Yeah, I, th- I still think they need more. Um, listen, don't get me wrong, I, I, I do agree with the, the point that Scott Arfield probably is that one midfielder that Rangers have got that sort of stretches teams and, and runs beyond the strikers. Uh, to be honest, when I was predicting the team, I didn't think Scott Arfield would be in it, but I did think Scott Wright would be in it. I just thought that that pace, directness, that ball carrier that can get you up the pitch, I did, I, I did think he would play. But I didn't have major complaints with the with the starting lineup that Giovanni Van Bronckhorst went. It was just about beat by a, the, mm. the much better team on the day. I mean, it wasn't Scott Wright, and it was Malik Tillman, sort of young, inexperienced, yeah, out out of position. Is there a feel that 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 type of game d- damages him going forward? Because he, I mean, I've seen it's a rough comparison with Ahmed Diallo last year, for instance. Yeah, but I, I, I think for me personally I think Malik Tillman's been a standout Rangers player almost you can argue Antonio Cholak with his goals and, and that's fair but I think Malik Tillman's been a real standout especially with the, the players that Rangers have recruited in the summer so listen I think he'll be a good player for Rangers I think he's got a, a big part to play this season but a lot of his good work has been in the number 10 position I know he played 
in the last 20 minutes against Livingston that sort of wide right at the front three but I don't think there's any doubt that his best position is behind the striker it'll be the last comment of the first hour Alan so to sum up we've had Rangers fans very angry embarrassed and worried about the future and we've had some who say it's just a bad day at the office and we'll bounce back which camp are you in? well um, as I say to you Gordon um, I we will be back you know what I mean uh, it is a bad day at the office Parkhead or Celtic Park is always a difficult place to play, uh, as Andy will tell you. Um, so, um, I hopefully, I know it's a five-point gap. However, we need to bring it back. Simple as that. Good man, thank you for your time, Alan. It takes us up nicely to time for this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun for the best football news and opinion online. The Scottish slash football Before we go any further. Huge, huge breaking Beat the Pundit related news And I'm looking at you Andy Halliday Now you've had a tough week You came on here last Monday Lost for the second time this season It put you bottom of the table That's debatable though Amongst the pundits If we had VAR that would be overturned You've then gone into the weekend We all know what happened there For your current employer and your boyhood team I'm going to cheer you up I don't know if this will cheer you up there has been a stewards inquiry until last week And the game should never have gone to a tiebreaker Oh is that right? You won 3-2 Oh okay, that's good That's good news <laughs> What? Why? A week later you, you just did We just counted it wrong Oh did we? <laughs> and you won 3-2 It should never have gone to the tiebreaker So if you're listening Black Arthur The man who does the spreadsheets for us Turn that loss into a win for Andy Halliday And get him off the ball. Do you know of the what though it, it, it doesn't make me feel a lot better It was still a poor performance on the day But sometimes it's good to win ugly It was a 3-2 win Rather yeah. than a 3-0 Anyway it will be I, mo- hope, I hope the, the, the participant still got his ball Yeah I'm sure he will um, I, 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 I know we can't do anything about the two results from Saturday No we can't do that sorry <laughs> We're not that powerful 01419511025 It'll be much more straightforward on Beat the Pundit tonight So pick up the phone before 7 And you could be playing next Andy Halliday's here, Roger Hanna alongside him, both waiting for you to get in touch. It was quite the weekend, in case you hadn't noticed. So we're looking back on that, all the main talking points, all the fallout. And I guess a lot of it's linked to what happens this week, because Celtic, full of confidence, welcome Real Madrid of all teams uh, to Glasgow tomorrow. And then on Wednesday, all this stuff about whether it's John McLaughlin or Alan McGregor and whether this Rangers player or that Rangers player is up to it. They're going to have to find answers quickly because Amsterdam awaits. I know that still sends shivers down producer Callum's spine, but it awaits for Rangers on Wednesday night. So get all your calls in, please, and we'll play this first. Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. Right, Beat the Pundit time. Looking forward to this, Liam's in Busby. How's it going, Liam? I am alright. Did you, did you hear, Liam, that we thought Andy Halliday was beatable because he lost last week, but we think he was hard done by? Do you think you could take Aye. advantage of this uncertainty? I miscount the score or something. I know, it's typical, isn't it? What a, what a lucky break he got. Heads, it will be Roger Hanna. Uh, and tails it will be Andy Halliday Chance at redemption And it is Look at that Two weeks in a row It's a tails Andy So we're going to give you Something else Nice and loud So that he can't hear What's going on uh, Liam Pretty straightforward Going to stick this clock up 30 seconds Just answer as many as you can And pass if you don't know Okay Right cool Right top man 30 seconds then On the clock And your time starts Now 
Who made more league appearances for Rangers Barry Ferguson or Stefan Kloss Barry Ferguson Name the only Japanese player Who hasn't featured in a league game For Celtic this season Eddie Gucci Name any other team in Scotland's 98 World Cup group uh, Norway uh, Name any Scottish side Pat Nevin played for Motherwell What nationality is Hearts midfielder Peter Haring uh, Austrian How many SPFL teams have County In their full club name uh, Three Name the only player sent off In the Scottish Premiership on Saturday uh, pass Okay Andy Halliday Can you hear us? Yes Same set of questions to you Ready? Well I'm interested here I'm interested Maybe good tonight okay. Now let's go No pressure Your time starts now Who made more league appearances For Rangers Barry Ferguson or Stefan Kloss? Barry Ferguson Name the only Japanese player Who hasn't featured In a league game For Celtic this season Eddie Gucci Name any other team In Scotland's 98 World Cup group Brazil Name any Scottish team Pat Nevin played for Clyde what nationalities Hearts midfielder Peter Haring Austin How many SPFL teams have County in their full club name Two Name the only player sent off in the Scottish Premiership on Saturday Cappy the Cat is the mascot for which Glasgow and the West SPFL teams <laughs> What do you mean pass? It's just a not, team I know, I know ah, Not a clue That's my pet beat the pundit peeve by the way Just guess a team Anyway Liam how do you think it went? Mm, don't know, maybe a draw Liam, it was like two heavyweight boxers slugging oh. out What a standard wow. oh, You didn't hear what Liam's that? efforts don't either be no a place. I, I was listening to ABC Oh, honestly I, That's what I was trying to ask Ah, look of love yeah. I, pff, it was, Let me just explain how good it was You both got Barry Ferguson Who got more league appearances than Stefan Kloss You both got Idiguchi Hasn't played for Celtic in the league you both got either Brazil, Norway or Morocco in Scotland's group. You both were experts in the career of Pat Nevin because he played for Clyde, Kilmarnock and Motherwell. Oh, well, well, well. You both knew Peter Haring was Austrian. How does he know that, Liam? Know, uh, Liam, star. Liam, that's when I knew you were a serious player, Liam. Yeah, Liam, on. how did you know that? FIFA. FIFA? <laughs> Fair enough, this is good an explanation as any. Andy Haldy is at least his colleague. You're not so smart though on this one, both of you. How many SPFL teams are <laughs> county? It's just one Ross it's County Just Ross County There are, there are no others I think uh, You both tried to sort of Just guess yeah, almost that, that, that there would be more um, But yeah And name the only player Sent off in the Premiership On Saturday Is Ash Taylor Andy Halliday Moves in front In the 95th minute Liam And it didn't matter That he didn't know Cappy the Cat was Morton Greenock Morton Don't yeah. forget that For next Never time Never I got that Liam, Can I just say ah. Liam On any other night of the week you are romping that And the sign ball is on its way to Busby But you met one of the Formidable pundits And I'm afraid it wasn't quite enough Hard lines uh, Unlucky Well no. done Liam Liam superb yeah. honestly One, two, three, four, five, a, a six, five For Andy Halliday Got to be happy yeah. with that I needed it, it You did Do you want to you back? Because even though we've no. just said last week <laughs> There's still question marks over your ability this season This must be historic The first man to win two beat the pundits in one night <laughs> That's yeah, true After that's me true. See things turned around quickly Andy Saturday was a bad day for you But two beat the pundit wins on a Monday Yeah I'll Honestly, take it I'll take it Things are looking up uh, Anyway 01419511025 Let's hear from Ange Postacoglu shall we He was a happy man after the weekend Really proud of the group again uh, Just uh, yeah, considering yeah, we know the occasion. We know, you know, it's a big game for our supporters, for our football club. Um, they're a very good team, so you know we knew going into it, it was going to be a challenge. And uh, yeah, I thought the boys were outstanding from start to finish. Uh, 
you know, our football colleague, our football was good and we just worked our socks off, mate. Our pressing was outstanding. Disappointing for Kyogo because he's been brilliant so far and I know he was looking forward to the game, but that's why we did our business in this window to make sure we have a squad strong enough that, you know, last year uh, that, that may have cost us, but this year, um, you know, we want all our good players available, but we know that if we have to make a change, I thought Jacko um, was really good. He caused him a lot of problems. Uh, Ian, how do you feel about Ange Postacoglu at the moment? Keep it clean, it's a family show, remember? <laughs> Come on, Ian. How you doing, Gordon? Good, thank how you. How you doing, Roger? How you doing, Andrew? How are you? How you doing? Uh, unlucky weekend, mate. Um, Ange Postacoglu. Phenomenal. Um, what he's done in just over a year is tremendous. The nine nothing. Just going back to the nine nothing uh, briefly. I'll come back to the four nothing. Wasn't a fluke result. The four nothing result wasn't a fluke result. I said to Michael, the producer, somebody's going to get battered. Double figures. And um, Roger, you've said it that they're playing scintillating football. I mean, it's unbelievable. That that goal, that second goal, on Saturday was world class. Um, I'm going to. I'm going. I've looked at it and looked at it. I know we need VR and Andy. You've been a player. It could have been touch and go. The offside, Andy. It was. It was minimal, but the finish of the goal was phenomenal. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if the Roger the. Was there a debate over offside? I'm not even sure it really no, came to much well, in the end. We, we, we don't have the air, so the linesman, the referee, didn't say they said it was onside. So did, did it look I, particularly off to I, you? I, I, I don't think it was much. Listen, you see these red and green lines, whatever they are, in match of the day on a Saturday night, and sometimes they confuse the life out of you. So I don't know how it was mm. onside or offside. What I do know is it's a great ball by Matt O'Reilly. Rangers switched off, but there's still a bit of work to do for Jota to finish that goal. Just a bit. And it was a it was a mm. terrific finish. We spoke to, you know, David Friel was in the show on Saturday. He said, it's as exciting a Celtic team as he can remember watching. There have been successful Celtic teams. Martin O'Neill's team, very successful. Played a completely different style of football to this current Celtic side. Brendan Rodgers' team were invincibles. But they played a completely different style of football mm-hmm. to this Celtic team. And you can hear the Celtic supporters coming on and they're enjoying the style of football they're enjoying the free-flowing, scintillating stuff that they're watching. And for a lot of Celtic fans, they will agree with David Friel. This is maybe the most exciting team that they can remember. It was your goal of the weekend, Andy. You said it at five past six. Ex- yep. Elaborate a bit as to, to what in particular you, well, I was going to say liked about it, which I know you wouldn't have enjoyed it <laughs> as such, but aesthetically. Quick thinking, quick free kick. Matt O'Reilly for me, who's been the unsung hero on this Celtic side, you know, gets his eyes up as always, plays a... I pass into Jota and obviously the main part of it was the touch and finish because it is such a difficult finish. Me being a 30-year-old Scotsman, I know I can't finish it, that, that's for sure. And It was almost, you knew it was coming. And, and, and I've seen some people point fingers at John McLaughlin, but for me, you can't take mm. in the quality of the finish. It was a fantastic goal. Is it maybe worth acknowledging that in praise of Jota, Roger, that because everyone's pouring over John McLaughlin's performance and it happened at the weekend, people saying, you know, he, he goes down and... and it, 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 Make Jota's mind up John McLaughlin could probably still do that Exact thing many more times this season But there aren't that many players in the league That will punish him the yeah, way that, the way Jota did Listen Jota's staging his own goal of the season Contest when you think of the efforts I think it was against Aberdeen The one against Kilmarnock This one now 
against Rangers. Um, he is in sublime form at the minute. And he will be looking forward to going up against Danny Carvajal or Lucas Vasquez, whoever it is that starts it at right back for Real Madrid tomorrow night. And I'd be fascinated. Um, Real Madrid would have had someone at Celtic Park on Saturday. Um, they're a professional outfit. Carlo Ancelotti will know. Do you think it was every- the same guy that went to Dingwall? Did he just go to the wimpy that Dave Galloway goes to make oh, his way down, stay over? I, 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 I've, just, I've just got the image of Dave Galloway's mega burger out my head and you're bringing it up again. <laughs> but I, I'll be fascinated to see, you know, to have seen the scout report and, and to see what Carlo Ancelotti yeah. made of that because he will know that Celtic performed very well. He will know that Celtic are in a rich vein of form and having lost at Celtic Park before with mm. AC Milan in the Champions League, he will not take them lightly at all. What do you make of the notion, Andy, that Ian says, you know, this was coming or big results were coming? He references the 9-0. This is not necessarily a criticism of Rangers fans because it's, it's kind of, it's just what you do. You try and provide a sense of optimism for your team. But we, we get a lot of feedback during last week in the build-up to the game along the lines of yeah well Celtic have scored nine and they've done this but they've not really been tested yet and I wonder well now with the benefit of hindsight was that just wishful thinking is that ignoring some of the the attacking performances Celtic have put on this season yeah and it sort of ties into what I was saying earlier I thought we would get a more European style performance for Rangers where the 30 minutes would be all about sustaining Celtic and, and you know keeping it at now now and as the game progresses then Rangers can start to you know implement their own style in the game but they tried to go toe-to-toe with Celtic the thing about going toe-to-toe especially with a team that's uh, they're playing the way Celtic are at the moment you can't concede early and again I go within the first 20 minutes which has just been a sort of staple of the San Sporsicogos side Going to beat Real Madrid now Ian? Um, it's not not impossible um, if, they, if, if they play that high tempo I mean Real Madrid Is it 14 times Scored and they've won The, the Champions League Yeah just the 14 Yeah just the 14. Struggling a bit But It's 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 going to It's going to be a massive atmosphere I've not got a ticket at the moment It's going to be a massive atmosphere Tomorrow night um, With Near on 60,000 Celtic supporters I think there's only going to be about 800 Real Madrid supporters But not the chances there um, And I'm, I just want to say one more thing, Gordon. The that's thirty-eight league games unbeaten. This this league run can smash Brendan Rodgers' league run out the window. Um, the way we're going, we're relentless, ruthless, um, and we're just destroying everything in front of us. You got to remember how that last run finished, Ian. Tyne Castle, a midfielder slamming one in for the edge of the box. Halliday's ready for you. <laughs> Roger, big, uh, but it's, things like that have got to end, Roger. No, I mean, I mean, you can only beat who's in front of you. I mean, Rangers supporters are saying we've not been tested. Well, it's Real Madrid that's in front now, Roger. Um, it's going to be fantastic. I, I, you know, it, it's exciting enough. Real Madrid haven't been in Glasgow since two thousand and two when they won the thing mm-hmm. with that goal by Zidane. They haven't played a Scottish side competitively. Since a final in 1983 against Sir Alec Ferguson's Aberdeen. They haven't played Celtic since 1980. This isn't the kind of fixture that comes round every three months. This is a special game. I, I think it's extra special because it's the first, it's match day one. It's extra special because Celtic are in scintillating form. And it's extra special because Real, for me, are the best team in the world. And it's going to be 
a classic fixture tomorrow Can Celtic get something? How do we bridge this? What must be a well, gap between Praising Celtic for what they did at the weekend Celtic fans are feeling optimistic And then you acknowledge that this is What you've just described as the best team in the world So can they get something? Yes Sheriff Tiraspol went to the Bernabeu And caught them out last season When they weren't really concentrating um, So anything is possible in a one-off game Look at took the Tony Watt night against Barcelona Ancelotti's Milan have come and been beaten at Celtic Park as well Of course Celtic can get anything If Real Madrid turn up and play the way Real Madrid can play If they're at the top of the game Then in all likelihood they'll win There's no guarantee of that Celtic will go in and Ange Postacoglu will have those players Believing that tomorrow night can be their night I mean Andy what a test European champions Like we said 14 times They just know how to win this competition Can Celtic get something? Listen I think it's pretty obvious to state that Real Madrid are going to go into the game as favourites and this this might sound a bit crazy right I might take a bit of flack for this but to me it's not the same test as a Man City or a PSG or a Bayern Munich and we're talking about the Champions League winners here it's still a massive test but I don't think they're quite the free-flowing attacking team that everyone is used to with Real Madrid and the Galactico areas you look at some of the, the ties that were in in the Champions League, like the, the two legs against Man City, I mean, it was backs against the wall for the majority of the game, the first 60 minutes against Liverpool. So I do think that Celtic will have spells in the game, and to be honest, I actually fancy Celtic to score, but I do think that ultimately the quality of the likes of Benzema and Vinicius mm. Jr. So will just be the difference. Uh, let's hear Ranch Postacoglu's thoughts on it. Well, if there's a system that doesn't give you risk, I'd love to hear it. You know? If there's something that you can guarantee me tomorrow night, that if I play this way, you're guaranteed to minimise risk, then... It doesn't exist. Any system you play, any approach you take, there's inherent risk. Sometimes, the greater the risk, the greater the opportunity. Because um, you know we're trying to do things a little bit differently. We don't want to be like every other team. And uh, there's always that possibility that you'll stumble. That's fine. Stumbled in the past. Uh, the important thing is you just dust yourself off and, and keep going. I want our supporters dreaming of, of big games and big wins and, and and winning things. I mean that's that's the role of us as a football club. You know. It, I'm sure they get enough of their bubble burst in, in their normal lives on a daily basis. It doesn't need me to bring them down and tell them, look, you know, don't, don't come here too excited tomorrow because it might not go well. You know, I don't, I don't think that's my role. My role is to, to make sure they come bouncing in and, and hopefully send them bouncing out. It's tough not to get repetitive on this stuff. Everybody should know by now Ange Postacoglu is going to try and play the same way. We can't just keep having this discussion because he said it a million times and, and everyone should know. By now, Roger, it will be interesting to see how that that pans out. Because you think of Celtic's last adventures or previous adventures into the Champions League, where they got some real sore ones against Europe's elite, and um, you know Brendan Rodgers used to get accused of not being pragmatic enough and being naive and being open and free flowing. But but some of it is a bit selective. I remember because this very show sent me to the new camp to work when Celtic lost seven nil. And he played a back five. He played Kieran Tierney and Christian Gamboa wing backs. Remember them? Sviachenko, Ture, Lustig actually tried and lost seven nil. So that, I guess that's what Ange Postecoglou's opening line was there. If there's a system that doesn't carry risk, then show me. Yeah, and we said earlier on the show of, of of the sixteen players involved in Saturday, thirteen were Postecoglou signings, and he's brought them in to play that type of way, to play his type of way. It's been nothing but successful, really, since he came to the football club. Um, they had a spectacular win at the weekend Playing that way And I think the players If you went to the players and said Right listen guys What's been really successful for us so far We're just going to tear up We're not going to bother with it 
uh, because it's Real Madrid in town. We'll, we'll, we'll maybe come back to it when it's RB Leipzig and he's Shakhtar Tardinesque because we, we, we fancy our chances against those two, but I actually mm. don't trust you guys to go out and do it against Real Madrid, so we're going to tear it all up. Yeah. I, I think he's far better just sticking with what he feels is the best tactic. And if you get a bloody nose against Real Madrid, so what? They're the best team in the world. Is it now with the passage of time, Andy? We, we know Ange Postacoglu's style well. Is it, is it now where you can truly realise that? You know what 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 Roger says. Take that. Take Saturday. That was everything that they've been working towards since the day he walked in the door. Yep. So you can't. You, you just you can't. Not not only would they not want to switch it off on one selective game, you probably can't. Yeah, and listen, you've got to admire it. And, and, and Roger quite like, uh, rightly pointed out, he's, he's signed players to play that style, and everyone talks about. How they've you know gradually gotten better in possession and free flowing and scoring more goals. I think it's more out of possession how much better because it's the same style that Ange Postecoglou, mm. same free flowing attacking football, but their defensive record as the months have gone has yeah. just been equally as impressive. And I think if you take your head at Scottish football, which I know is very hard in this country, and you look at the Bodo glimpse of the world that go to Celtic Park and the Malmos that go to Ibrox, significantly less wages, significantly uh, lower uh, transfer bill. Sorry. And they play their style of play And it's successful for them Because that's what they're good at That said If Celtic are 2-1 up With 10 minutes to go tomorrow Will the ball boys be as quick As they were at the weekend? Um, if they are They'll get sacked I would suggest <laughs> um, Listen Ange Postacoglu Spoke really well now. It's not his job To tell people to calm down And you know Have a wee think about this It's his job to build it up It's his job to have 60,000 Celtic fans Rocking up at the park Tomorrow night Believing he wants them to be excited. He wants a great Champions League atmosphere. He wants the roof coming off the place when Zadok the Priest is played at 7.44 or 7.54 it will be for the 8 o'clock kickoff. He wants the place bouncing and he wants and he believes, he wants his players to believe, share his belief that they can get something. Right, come on then, whether it's tomorrow or looking back at the weekend, now's a good time to get in touch. Show 141951 Let's hear from you. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141-951-1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. An easy full-time teaser, I think, for men of your capabilities, Roger Hanna and Andy Halliday. But it's topical, so I think it makes sense uh, to get this one. Was it KJ who sent it in tonight? I think it was. My apologies. If not, I will make sure the appropriate person gets the shout-out in due course, but I'm pretty sure... Uh, it was from memory Yes, after Leela Bada's two goals at the weekend Can the panel name The last ten players to score a brace In an old firm match But specifically a brace So like, hat-tricks don't count um, It needs to just be the two goals In one game Celtic against Rangers or vice versa Connor Goldson Yes, well done Roger e, Nacho Novo Oh, he's shown off He's gone way back Well done Watson Edward yeah, okay, we'll leave it there. I'm sure you're going to scoosh this, but we'll see. Uh, and just like KJ did tonight, he sent an email to fulltime at clyde1.com and that's the question that we put to the pundits. So give us your give us your best and see what you can come up with. That's a nice one, a nice topical one for the guys tonight. 01419511025 on the phones, by the way. Whether it is to look forward to tomorrow or Wednesday, I've got a funny feeling people still want to look back on the weekend as well. That's just... The nature of it So um, Get your thoughts into us Right now Are we going to speak to David I'm not sure The computer screen's Gone a bit wonky uh, Either way It's going to be Some week ahead Roger That's the thing We actually Can't dwell on The weekend for too long It's, it's, 
it's not possible And this is us setting the tone It's going to be like this all the way through to early November Champions League Tuesday Champions League Wednesday The Andy Halley Day Conference League on a Thursday And then back to Premiership action on the Saturday and Sunday It's going to be breathless We have two European midweeks We then have two Scotland midweeks We then have two more European midweeks We thought we'd get a nice wee rest in October that midweek of the Premier Sports Cup quarter final couldn't possibly be any controversy attached to a Premier Sports Cup quarter final. Yeah, you mean a Motherwell Celtic game that kicks off at six fifteen in the evening? Yeah, which is to be followed by Rangers in D eight fifteen. So what happens if Motherwell Celtic goes to extra time? They seem to be starting Rangers in D on a different channel and then bringing it back to the original channel. But neither Motherwell nor Celtic appear particularly pleased. I have to say, mm. six fifteen. Actually, in the time I've been in the show, I've had supporters. From the clubs actually messaging me to say you need to get this mentioned in the show because Gordon it's a disgrace. Are you one of them? Uh, no. Uh, and uh, we, rightly or wrongly, we're sort of used to the the strange kickoff times that UEFA demand and very little wriggle room there, and you're almost excited to be in those competitions. I'm not telling you you play at five forty five against Istanbul on on Thursday, but for one of our big cup competitions to have a six fifteen midweek kickoff. Yeah, and yes, fair play to Premier Sports or whoever is putting up the money because that's that's the the idea. But my word, it's, it's tough on supporters, that isn't it? Yeah, it's disappointing. We all know that the amount of fans that travel for up and down the country, or sometimes even for for south of the border to come and watch their football team. So, yeah, that that kick off time for me is, is it's not even accessible for 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 certain fans to get that that, that kick off time. So it is difficult. I must say, for the European ones, though, very very much like it, especially when you go, especially when you go abroad and. You're playing at 8 o'clock or 8.30 When it's yeah. local time back there I love it because they have fives abroad Roger, that's no good for the Scottish skin You looking forward to Istanbul visiting Tynecastle on Thursday? Yeah, it should be great Another, another big occasion, another sellout at Tynecastle uh, Obviously still no, really disappointed for the, 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 the result and performance at the weekend the, the performance almost more so Because it's it's not what we've been associated with for the last 18 months And it was a really poor performance uh, But obviously it's a great way to bounce back And I'm sure the fans will be with us and it's going to be a big night. And I like the 5.45s on a Wednesday and a Thursday like this week. It gives me and the boys a lot more time to get the paper out. But I do like an 8 o'clock on a Tuesday because I know Daz and the Mushroom have to do a five-hour shift in here. 11. Um, that keeps me going. Is there still a, a conference, I believe, Andy, that the positive start to the season isn't going to dwindle away? I know there have been significant injuries and you look at Liam Boyce and then I think maybe outsiders, and it'd be tough for you to comment, but expected... Maybe more than one deadline day signing Again, won't put you on the spot too much with that one um, But is there, is there still a belief there that this can This can turn into a real positive run? Yeah, yeah, no doubt whatsoever I think, you know, we look at our squad um, We compare it to last year And obviously we lost a couple of key pa- uh, players But for me, I think we brought in some real quality uh, To be honest, I, I think it's easy for me to answer that I, I think as players we probably did expect another one or two in the door Because the manager said as much But I think, you know, the, the real benefit of that is the fact that well, the manager says, now said that he's going to look to the sort of free agent market and obviously we've done that by bringing in Xander Clark. We all know how good a goalkeeper he's been. He's obviously been in the Scotland set-up as well. So I wouldn't be surprised, to be honest, if there is another one you know, in the pipeline. The last free agent you signed out with the window did all right, didn't he? Is that me? Barry Mackay? Oh, no, we're talking, we're talking about a proper player. Is that now. right? No, no, got that, got that right? players we've been speaking about for the last hour and a half. Yeah. But yeah, listen, he was a fantastic signing, obviously, at the time. And, and he's been a real key player for us for the last sort of 18 months or so. And I think any success we're going to have this year, obviously, will be a big part of it. I see, you were before that. I, I didn't. I, you have obviously had as good a, an impact as well, but you were before that, I think. David's <laughs> a Rangers fan uh, on the line. David, what 
jumps out for you looking back on the weekend? David, can you hear us? I'm going to take that as a no. Hi, thanks. Oh, we've got you good. The... Sorry, sorry, David. We've got you now. Take it away. What's your point? Yeah, thanks for taking the call. What's happening? What is happening here? Yeah, my, my point was uh, basically, it was about 18 months ago I said, right, let's get a new goalkeeper in. David just keeps disappearing and I hear random chunks of what he's saying. But I think there's maybe a bit of a delay and he's catching up with me butting in. Nice one strong sentence to get us up and running though, Roger. I think we get the gist of the call from there. Yeah, uh, listen, we do. And Giovanni Vibronkos has got an enormous decision to make before that 5.45 kick-off in the Netherlands on Wednesday evening. Um, can he stick with John McLaughlin after that performance at Celtic Park? Does he turn back to Alan McGregor? Who was first choice goalkeeper Signed a new contract And is no longer first choice goalkeeper Does he go a completely different direction And go with Robbie McCrory I was going to say young Robbie McCrory I don't think he's that young anymore His twin brother's playing regularly in the league For Aberdeen He kept a clean sheet in an old firm game last season Um, He is very highly rated by other managers And I would suspect if he doesn't get a run, mm. he won't be signing a contract this season. Right, I think we've got David back. David, you said you wanted a new goalkeeper 18 months ago. How do you feel about it now? I de- definitely. That was about 18 months ago. Actually, about three, four transfer windows now that we've, we've sort of needed a goalkeeper in and have no done it. But also the bigger problem as well is the centre-halves. You've got three centre-halves that are injured. And I've got a feeling that if we went to Parkhead on Saturday with Katic and Balligan playing centre-half, because I think Goldson deserves to be dropped as well. If we'd kept those two, then we could have forgot about Souter, we could have forgot about Ben Davis. Kept those two, played them two, the centre of the defence would have been shored up, which makes it easier for the left and right back, takes a bit of pressure off them as well. But also another big thing is they carry a threat when we get a set piece, a corner, a free kick just outside the box. I can't remember really the last time we scored from a corner. The, 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 the statistics for that must be very, very low. Yeah, um, I must admit, I don't, I don't know them for sure. Andy, does that feel anecdotally like fair comment about set pieces? Or I mean, they have had success well, in this fixture in the past. I don't think there's any doubt that uh, Conor Goldson's not in the best form. But I touched on it earlier on the show. To have four centre half, different centre half partnerships in the space of what six weeks since the season began. It's not easy and listen a lot of that is down to injuries and obviously the jury's still out for for the likes of Ben Davies and you know John Suter's an ex-teammate of mine, I know how good he is but is he you know, over some injury problems that he's currently got and I was fully on board to be honest when, when Rangers didn't offer Leon Balogun a contract. I thought he was good for the team, I thought he'd done his job when he came in as a free transfer but I thought they needed better. Uh, but listen it remains to be seen if they'd, they'd replaced better. Nico Katic was the same obviously, I think it was a good centre half of the uh, for the football club obviously went on loan I don't actually think his loan was that positive I think it started really well but he was out of the team for a for a number of weeks and, and obviously Giovanni Van Bronckhorst had a look at him and, and not seen quite enough so for me it is harsh Con- listen Conor Gosen is still a threat from set pieces he, you know, we're doing a quiz question just now I don't know if he's <laughs> if uh, David's listening to the, the, the full time teaser but you know, he scored a brace at Parkhead I, I think he scored 8 goals am I right in saying in the, in the season that Rangers won title number 55 so he certainly carries a set piece threat Throughout the rest of the team, yeah, maybe there's a question mm-hmm. there because certainly James Sands isn't the most physical in, uh, in there. Roger, David mentioned the goalkeeping situation. Not so much 
how bad necessarily John McLaughlin was at the weekend. Or more of a more of a wider picture here about forward planning. I don't know if that's Ross Wilson, particularly some of his staff, or maybe difference of opinion. But Alan McGregor nearing the end of his career is like the most obvious thing ever because that's how the passage of time works. Yeah. And when you get to forty, whether you are a wonderful goalkeeper or not, you've got a finite amount of time left. So it's, not just knee jerk about this weekend. Are you surprised Rangers haven't done more in the goalkeeping department in the last yeah, few windows? Yeah, if you were asking me this question back in May when Alan McGregor came on for the last 30 seconds of the cup final and everyone thought Alan McGregor was heading off into a happy retirement, I was convinced Rangers were saying a goalkeeper in the summer. Utterly convinced they were saying a goalkeeper in the summer. And they took a course of action that I, I really didn't expect. McGregor signs a deal but isn't the number one. And John McLaughlin goes from being number two to being number one. Now, you know, Daz laughs about goalkeepers in this show. But goalkeepers are very important. Look at Liam Kelly at your club, Gordon. You know, how important has Liam Kelly been for you? Look at Craig Gordon at your club. How important Craig Gordon's been for you? Look at how Dundee United have struggled when they haven't had Benji Segrist this season. And some of the goals that have been conceded by Dundee United probably cost Jack Ross's job. And it's the same... With Rangers, I think the Rangers goalkeeping situation has been a downgrade this season when they needed an upgrade. Mm. I think that's a comment I've actually said to you in the past, Gordon, where I, I always feel like when you look at the the table at the end of the season, quite often that goals against column is in order of where the positions are in the league. And I think you look after six games, I'm looking behind me now, Celtic conceded one goal. Rangers have already conceded seven. I, I, that's just not sustainable if you want to win any title. Yeah, I mean, look, the game against Celtic skews it. Obviously, you do four in, in one day, but you know, after, you know, it's the same amount as Aberdeen, isn't it? It's more than 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 the likes of Motherwell have conceded, so I suppose. But yeah, it's hard to ignore with such a small sample the impact that that Celtic defeat has. Um, David, what about you know, kind of midfield to front? But what about Rangers' attack at the moment? Well, the the, the midfield the midfield's really really uh, negative. Uh, you're talking about Sands. He, he's he's a defensive midfielder, but we've also got four midfielders playing now that are also defensive. The likes of Lundstrom, Kamara, uh, Davis. Um, that, that that's too defensive. I mean, where's the attack minded midfielder that can pick the ball up and actually take people on? Um, up front, we're not too bad. The likes of Tillman, uh, Lawrence when he's fit, and uh, Morelos when he's fit, and Kolak. I, I don't understand that when we're playing Scottish teams. How can we not go back to like, the days I hate when McCoy How can we Kolak and Morelis up front? Why does it just need to be one? Why is it all so, so, so defensive? We should be taking the game to these these other teams mm. and, and playing a lot better. We should be a lot more positive thinking going forward. I mean, it depends, Andy. They can be two different things because just when you play two strikers doesn't necessarily mean... Yeah, you're, you're more attacking. Well, look at, look look at, at every, big, every big team in the world. Look at Celtic. Really. They've got Jackie Marcus who scores basically every time he's on the football pitch. It sits on the bench, and they've got that light for light there. But uh, you know, regarding on David in terms of the you know, the players that Rangers need, I actually wrote them down earlier in terms of some problematic positions that we spoke about that I thought Rangers would recruit in the summer. The big one for me, as I said, right wing. Still don't think they've sort of replaced that uh, that position of the pitch. I think Matondo's came in. He's he's been a a bit of hit or a miss, but you'd obviously give him time. The centre, second centre back that plays alongside Connor Golson, I think the jury's still out there. Left back, I mean, Rangers have spent £6 million on a boy. Not for the future, for now. You don't 
You don't spend six million pound on a left back if you're not willing to play him straight yeah. away. You don't spend six he's million clearly, pound on an Andy Halliday lookalike. Exactly, exactly. And he's obviously not shown enough to be mm. to be playing already or being in, in the big games of the season. And you know, David just mentioned a creative goal scoring yeah. midfielder. He mentioned the likes of Lundstrom, Kamara, mm. Jack, Davis. I mean, b- between the four of them, you're lucky, very lucky. If you get 10 goals yeah. Between the forum In the season What about that side of it Roger Because it is easy To fall onto you know One or two major themes And it seems to be What's developed Since the weekend Is the Rangers Goalkeeping performance Was under par And the Rangers Switched off When Celtic Were switched on Yeah And it's almost as if Then Oh well if Rangers Hadn't done that Then you know maybe They would have won the game But what about that Whole other really important Side of it Which is What was Rangers Attack At, at the weekend What what did the attack look like? What, how ineffective was it? Where does that go wrong? Um, it, it was a strange attacking performance. Rangers had a lot of possession in the game. More than Celtic. Yeah, but I mean, Joe Hart had one routine save, I think from a long range shot with Stephen Davis down to his left. Um, Rangers normally get a lot of success from James Tavernier being in advanced positions on the right-hand side. Didn't happen at all. If anything, the most dangerous balls were coming from Borna Barisic in advanced positions on the left. He fizzed one in that Cholak should really have got on target and I think it ended up going for a throw-in, Gordon. And there was two or three other deliveries very well dealt with by the Celtic defence. But attack-wise, Cholak didn't get service. Uh, Tillman didn't cope well with the atmosphere at Celtic Park. Tavernier wasn't seen as an attacking force. And I sometimes think if, if Tavernier's not seen as an attacking force, then Rangers struggle to create because so much of the Rangers' game plan comes from mm. the advanced fullbacks in the wide areas. What's the difference then? And again, Andy, maybe it is just one game, maybe it is this knee-jerk stuff, but if we are going on one game, what's the, what's the difference between Celtic's attack and Rangers' attack? Speed, intensity, tempo. Stuff that I've I've spoken about for a number of weeks now, especially in terms of Celtic. And I, actually, but if you rewind to last week when I, when I was talking about Rangers' performance against Ross County, I said it's the best I've seen Rangers domestic for a long time, just purely off of the speed of their play. Because when Rangers and Celtic play at that intensity, that speed, and teams are obviously been difficult to break down, it's so hard when the tempo's that high because you don't really have a time to settle. Any lapse of concentration gets punished. Whereas I think, again, at the weekend, you quite rightly pointed out, Rangers had you know, quite a lot of possession. They, they, they were able to advance up the pitch quite a lot, but as soon as they got round about the box, it was you know, it was too slow, it was too ponderous, and often resulted in you know, what quite often Rangers do is go to the fullbacks and put crosses into the box. Thank you, David. Super Scoreboard European Football Coverage with MoyerAndSweeney.com The top team for your defence Right, how do you fancy the chance to win a 60-inch Samsung 4K Ultra HD TV? Sounds pretty good, certainly with all the big football matches coming up Well, thanks to Moyer and Sweeney Litigation who are our sponsors of Super Scoreboard's European Football Coverage To celebrate, they're giving you the chance to do just that now moirinsweeney.com head over there you can learn more about their high quality representation for everyone throughout Scotland you can trust them to defend you from the minor to the most serious of matters and we are looking forward to teaming up with them again so like I say head to clyde1.com to find out more and to enter for that chance to win the TV and once again it's all thanks to Moir and Sweeney Litigation sponsors of our European football coverage this season Number 1 for football in Glasgow and the West 0141 951 1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna have been working away during the break there on this full time teaser it's a topical one uh, KJ sent it in after Leela Badas two goals at the weekend can the panel name the last 10 to score a brace in an old firm game but specifically a brace so not two of a hat trick or anything like that Connor Goldson did it 
Odson Edward did it Nacho Novo Did it anymore Kenny Miller Yeah he's done it three times I think Your pundit Your fellow hey. pundit Kenny Miller Stephen Naismith Yes uh, Last season Rio Hatate. Yes how can we forget We think Gary Hooper Mm-hmm. Three to get We'll get them before the end of the show Not to worry Um not often we get to hear from this man on the show Carlo Ancelotti Anyone in Glasgow Looking ahead to the game against Celtic At Celtic Park tomorrow It's true, it's true It's a very difficult stadium for me uh, For my teams in the past I think um, I don't have a clear memory of this But we played against uh, We played uh, Against Celtic One time in the group One time in I think in the last 16 At um, we drew nil nil. We lost one nil here, and then we were able to 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 win in Milan three two and in the extra time. What can I say? A really difficult stadium, but uh, a fantastic atmosphere. And so I think uh, for the fact that I love this part, uh, I love that my my team can play in this atmosphere. And just think if Karim Benzema's struggling to sleep, he can just open his curtains, get a nice wee view of Argyle Street to entertain him for the rest of the evening. Beautiful sights. Absolutely. See some scenes there. Well, I'll bet, even on a Monday on night, a Monday night you'll manage. Mm. I think you find a lot of foreign footballers that come to Glasgow struggle to sleep <laughs> at night <laughs> for, for various reasons. But um, yeah. It's, it's interesting like, that you know, Carlo Ancelotti's got experience of, well, pretty much everything. So, you know, yeah. he's, he's been to Celtic Park on, on Champions League nights and. We'll be able to pass that on Certainly the, the the Sort of atmosphere The occasion Look Different Celtic team Different he's team ma- that he's managing So the Maybe we're on the phone To Duncan Ferguson Who was his assistant At Everton If you remember recently They just got a, What an a unlikely f- duel they were Yeah Just to get a feel of What it's like in Glasgow I've, I've told you the story In the show before I mean We went to Interview Carlo Ancelotti Before Celtic played In the San Siro And he was wonderful He had all the time In the world for you He's got family In Pennycook Who have Seriously Wow yeah. Yeah, what a fact that is man, what a shout. I know he's got family over here Who set up a business many many years ago Are they Hearts fans? Been to Scotland. I'm not too sure so from Pennycook no? I'm not too sure um, And he loves coming here And he respects Scottish football And he will have full respect For Ange Postacoglu's Celtic tomorrow night How will they go about it? You're a great student of the game That's my way of saying you're sad And you sit and watch too much football on TV Andy mentioned it earlier We've seen Celtic get some really sore ones In Champions League it seems like a crazy question because they're fourteen time, four time easy for me to say, fourteen mm-hmm. time winner. Are they the type of team that would come out and, and totally rip you apart, or, or are they more of a calculated winning machine? I think they're more of a calculated winning machine, and I think they will take a sort of wider view on this group. Um, they'll look at RB Leipzig and Shakhtar Donetsk and think of the second and third seeds in that group. We've probably come out okay. Um, and they'll look at Celtic and think of, of the fourth seeds in this group We maybe haven't come out so okay so I, I think they will treat Celtic and Leipzig and Shakhtar All on a level And they will do what they always do Which is just enough to get through the group And then they'll take it up at the business end in the new year I tell you what, Benzema's last trip to Glasgow Wasn't too bad for him either, was it? He went away with a hard trip ball after the yeah. 90th minute And he's still going strong um, <laughs> He's not bad Brian, how do you look forward to your team trying to stop Karim Benzema and Co tomorrow? 
I can't wait, boys. I can't wait. Um, I don't know if you remember, guys. I was on the show a couple of weeks ago, and I actually said at the time, I said, in the next few weeks, somebody's going to get a real hiding off Celtic. I said, somebody in the Champions League probably is going to get a hiding off Celtic. And uh, at the time, he said, oh, well, oh, well, we'll just have to... I think Roger was actually on that night. He said, we'll just have to wait and see how it, the next few weeks pan out. And since then, you know, obviously, Dundee United go absolutely scalped 9-0. I said, Rangers have been scalped 4-0. So, and in my opinion, Rangers proved last year they were better than RB Leipzig. They put them out the the Europa League do you know what I mean so it's just a matter of time Celtic wait till they get their hands on some of these teams in the Champions League and I just think uh, well why wait tomorrow night how many are you sticking past Real Madrid I think we'll win but I don't think it'll be as comfortable as uh, maybe some of the other teams in the group I think maybe like a 2-0 or a, a 3-1 or something like that but I've every I've faith in Ange Postacoglu that Celtic will go out and get a result tomorrow night very gracious of Brian to admit that <laughs> it won't be as easy as the other teams in the so group and would settle for a 2-0 so the Leipzig result at the weekend lost 4-0 yeah, in Frankfurt a few troubles there um, but 2-0 3-1 Celtic take that tomorrow <laughs> take it all day but listen I think it's the biggest benefit that Rangers and Celtic have got going into this Champions League group as the home matches I think that's where they'll try and exploit and get the the, uh, the most points as possible and obviously with 60,000 and 50,000 backing you respectively it's going to be a, a daunting task for any team and that includes Real Madrid Brian I detect that the start of tomorrow's show will really be about this you know really cranking up to kick off and, and picking the team and so on but you'll probably be the final caller tonight so let's set the scene on that is it the same team that started the game at the weekend if possible uh, how keen are you for Kyogo to make it I mean he did train today I think Kyogo will start uh, I think starting I think he's maybe a bit of doubt so I think maybe Morris Angel coming into the team and filling it at the back but uh, like like the boys were talking earlier um, like when, when somebody misses out for Celtic or somebody gets injured or whatever it's just a way for like replacement somebody comes in off the bench and the quality is just as good like the quality doesn't go down sometimes it even gets a bit better like, like Andy and that we've seen earlier like every time Joe Marcus and that's on the pitch he scores anyway so even if Kyogo was to miss out I, would, I wouldn't have any problem with Joe Marcus coming in and do you know what I mean? Doing, doing exactly what we need them to do, doing the business for us. So, um, and I think what, what Andy was talking about earlier as well, like Real Madrid are only one of these teams that are going to come out and blow you away. They're kind of more tactical. They're not like a PSG or a Bayern Munich. So, I, I mean, I, I just think the, they're, they're going to get a real fright tomorrow night when Celtic, you know what Celtic are like, they come out the traps and they start 100 miles an hour. And some of these players are maybe a wee bit older now, like your Modric's and that. They're, they're maybe not going oh, to don't, do don't, Brian, don't, because that gives me nightmares. People were saying this during the Euros a couple of years ago, and he still ripped Scotland apart. So 37 this week? I don't care Some how old he is. Yeah. Honestly, I'll never, even when he's 54, I won't be accusing mm. him of getting older, because that was regrettable, those discussions that we had, safe mm. to say. But good, I think that, um, that's, that's right, it's obviously what I, what I said, I, what I presume the game will be tomorrow night. I do think Celtic have spells within the game. But it's the spells that Real Madrid have where Celtic need to be really careful just with the quality they've got. On the striking situation, is the the replacement of Giacomacchus for Kyogo, Roger, is it is it as good a replacement in Europe as it is domestically, if that makes any sense? Um, it's difficult to say because we haven't really seen Celtic at this level yet. Yeah, true. Um, he's a very good replacement, as he showed on Saturday. I think if Kyogo's fit, Kyogo plays. Uh, I think that goes without saying But Giacomacchus is a very, very good deputy If Kyogo's not fit What One do you thing, think Andy? Because they're different aren't they? Yeah they are different And listen, I agree with Roger If Kyogo fits he, what he, he is fit, he will play But I also think that Quite often you see when these big games come around Very, very often it's settled by a set piece So I just think that extra physicality That extra bit of hype with Giacomacchus on the side Could be a benefit to Celtic Is there any one tiny curveball Ange Postacoglu throws now? We said earlier we've been over it. 
We know he's not going to change He's not going to abandon He's not going to play completely different now, Is there you, one little tweak that he you, would make? You've been on this show Maeda. No, no You've been on this show now long enough Andy To know that he means David Turnbull No, I don't no. I actually don't No, no, I don't I, I was thinking something more drastic I think Maeda maybe And I know it would be really harsh on a bad after the weekend But, you know, when these When a lot of these big games have come That's why I did think it was still a wee bit of a shot When Abada played at the weekend But quite often he just does give Maeda the nod So I do expect Maeda to come in Suppose though, um, until Abelgard is up to speed, Roger, you know, in the past maybe it's a game that Anir Beton suddenly plays, for instance. But maybe Celtic don't actually have that right now, anyway. No, well, listen, you could play Aaron Moy in next to, to Callum McGregor if you were so minded. I just think Celtic are seventeen goals in a week. I just can't see the need to change, the desire to change. Maybe if Starfield's not fit, Morris Jens will start alongside Carter Vickers. I don't think that's much of a downgrade. I haven't seen a huge amount of Morris Jens. What I've seen is he looks a decent enough player. Brian, <laughs> 17 goals <laughs> in a week. I was just counting Two and a half goals a day. Yeah. Uh, Brian, thank you for your time. Enjoy the game tomorrow. Let's finish off with this teaser if we can. After Leela Bada's two goals at the weekend, Andy Halliday's got him dropped for tomorrow. And can the panel name <laughs> the last 10 players to score a brace? In an old firm game So it's guys like Hitati Who did it last season Connor Goldson The season before Odson Edward Stephen Naismith Gary Hooper I nearly read out one That you don't have there uh, Kenny Miller And Nacho Novo uh, Georgia Samaras 2-0 at Ibrox uh, Yes Georgia Samaras 2-0 at Ibrox In the 2010-11 season you, Excellent When I said Nacho Novo Earlier on You said Oh that's a far away You see the furthest away one just Yeah so I think The other one you were thinking is Before that mm-hmm. Which is Peter Lovencrans No Yeah but that's, that's not an answer We said it was before oh, that okay. Lee Griffiths No mm, I thought I had him written down Chris Commons No We're not about two ends We're going way back To the 2007-8 season And there's one that's much more recently That you've forgotten about Scott Sinclair No Way back Further than him and more than, the other one's more recent than oh, that, right. sorry. Ooh, it's not like you two. Oh, Kamal Roof. Kamal Roof is the easy one, the recent one. Further back. 2008. Carlo Ancelotti. Might remember this guy. But it's not a Vanderson. Don't tell me, I'll, I'll probably get the, the wrong. I've probably sold you a, a dummy there, but I think, um, I think that's appropriate. Carlo Ancelotti. Nikita Jelovic? No I was just thinking that Last Everybody time Ancelotti, Ancelotti's Milan Who did they play? They played Celtic uh-huh. Nakamura Scott McDonald Scott McDonald oh. There we go We got there Andy and Roger Thank you Thank you for all the calls What a night tomorrow 6pm Until 11pm For Celtic Real Madrid Build up to Rangers as well Make sure you join us